for podcasting. The PSAs you hear on Miller and Condon and iHeartMedia Des Moines are presented in part by Nick Mick. We take care of our own. Now, here's Miller and Condon. Ken Miller. Trent Condon. Miller and Condon on 1460 KXNO. Hi, good morning, everybody. Welcome to Miller and Condon. Just past 10 o'clock on a Wednesday, it's Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KXNO. And 106.3 FM is Trent Condon and myself with you here for the next couple of hours, taking you just prior to noon uh, here today, as we are every Monday through Friday from 10 until noon. The BMW of Des Moines guest list here today looks like this. Uh, Wednesdays, we try and carve out a little time, a segment to uh, for some community service. And today we're going to talk to Michelle Book, the CEO of the Iowa Food Bank. Like many food banks around the uh, the country, quite honestly, uh, they're going to see through unprecedented times in their own right as far as the workload, as far as the uh, number of folks that need their support. So Michelle Book's going to slide in here at about 1020 and uh, she will um, let us know what's going on at the, at the Food Bank of Iowa and how perhaps some of us who are in a position to can still help uh, as we get through this. Cappy's going to join us. It's Wednesday. That means David Kaplan from Chicago. If you're new to the program, First of all, welcome, as we've found a lot of uh, listeners on 106.3 FM. And David Kaplan is a mainstay Chicago sports media. Uh, he's been uh, WGN, NBC. If, you, if you're a Cubs fan, you know who Cappy is uh, with the pre and post. Uh, ESPN 1000, Cappy joins us every Wednesday. Today being no different, Centurion Stone of Iowa. Our friends, CenturionStoneofIowa.com. Their showroom is closed, but they're still working. And uh, the website, Centurion Stone of Iowa, um, 200 plus stone combinations, color combinations, Centurion Stone of Iowa sponsors. Cappy right at 11 o'clock as we have done all week and will continue to do so until these press conferences are no longer needed. We will hear from the governor of Iowa, Kim Reynolds, her press conference. I've got to tip my cap to her for a number of reasons. One of them is when 11 o'clock hits, mm-hmm. she starts. She's ready to go. She's ready to go. She's standing at the podium, yep. and she's waiting for that red light, the on-air light, if you will, and uh, good for them for, for doing that. There's a number of all the television stations cut into local programming. We will do our the same here radio-wise, uh, Governor Kim Reynolds at 11. And then, because the draft is two weeks from tomorrow, it's time that we started to focus a little bit on the NFL draft. We'll get the four air quote locals in here on Friday. Somebody that covers each of the, the four local teams, Chiefs, Vikings, Bears, Packers. Get their thoughts two weeks out from the draft. But today, Matt Menasarian, Sports Info Solutions. Uh, dot com and I don't know about you I've been doing a lot of reading we both subscribe to the athletic yes Dane Brugler yeah excellent oh my god he's such a terrific draft uh, resource he put out he calls it the beast um, <laughs> trend it, it's too much to read in one it I got through the quarterbacks and the wide receivers and that was as far as I could go it's a lot of reading man do you remember the days. I'm sure you do. I think you've talked about the newspaper website that you went to that had... Sportspages.com. Sportspages.com. Every morning. First thing I did in the morning. When I started doing my show back in 2004, I would go and I would print so many different articles just to have in front of me because your internet would be slow. Mm -hmm. The article you had wouldn't load. You know, today, 
We just take it for granted. Oh, I read this. You have a bookmark or you have uh-huh. a tab open for that. You have it on your phone. Didn't have that. Well, we're talking 16 years ago for me and earlier for you. Well, you know it, who killed a lot of trees? I mean, he printed off so much stuff. Larry Kotler, we would come in here yes. late in the day while we were on at 4 o'clock. And of course, Cot was uh, Cotton Con. We're six, uh, Kotler and Company, 6 to 8 uh, in the mornings. And I'd look down in the trash can. It would be full of um, one article after another. But yeah, the computers, you could never rely on them. But anyways, to your point, go ahead. I'm sorry. I, I don't even remember what my point well, was. Well, you were talking about sportspages.com. Oh, and we yeah. We talking just, about the draft. and Yeah, just printing those two things out. And that would be a piece I probably would have printed off weeks ago it yeah. just had in front of you the whole time right now you can just pull it up whenever you want to reference really good. it again yeah it's really good yeah you would have had to reload the printer as far as copy paper right because it, it is unbelievable it is lengthy 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 if you subscribe to the athletic if you're an nfl fan uh too enthusiastic thumbs up i got a theory what's happening in the first round uh, there's a team out there that's lying in the weeds oh really yes there is and you can't convince me that they are getting set to pounce hmm. and it's not the fish Moving up. Moving on up. Need a quarterback in oh, a big, big way. You mentioned this. I I think this is what you were talking about off air to me. Yes. Give it to the people. It's the Chargers. Chargers, it's, Chargers are the number two team in Los Angeles. They are in a division that Dulloch now has Patrick Mahomes. Right. Oh, and Drew Locke. Well, let's okay. slow down. All let's right. let's slow right. down just a little bit. All right, well, Patrick there. Mahomes, anyway. They're at six. They're at six. And look, the the Dolphins are going to take a quarterback. I see Justin Herbert out there. Please. Yes. Come on. You're not a Herbert guy. I'm not. I mean, if I if between two and Herbert, I'm taking two all day long. I think that the Chargers are the team that's going to make a move up to number two and, um, you know, grab their quarterback because uh, there's no doubt Joe Burrow's coming off the board first. And then once the the second pick rolls around, the second pick belongs to the, uh, as we st- sit here today, belongs to the Giants. And, no, not the Giants. Skins. The, the Skins. Eh, I don't know. I don't see it. They have their quarterback? Do they? I don't think so. I don't know. Well, we'll see. It's going to be fun. Uh, but we'll talk to Matt Menasarian coming up here at, uh, at 1130 once we hear from Governor Reynolds. So uh, a little local flavor here. Tristan Wirfs, I was reading a mock draft, in fact, last night, and I saw him going forward to the Giants, yes. which was the highest that I had seen. NFL.com, is that the one you Might were on? have been. I, mm-hmm. I can't remember offhand where it was, but that was the highest that I'd seen. And I've seen a couple of different ones that have had him there. Is that the high water mark? Could we see anything higher than number four? I don't for think so, Trent. I don't because if the if the if the Lions don't move from three, I think they're going to take Jeff Okuda. No, we did our mock draft. Boy, it's harder than you think. We it did is. it at MediaCom, and uh, you know once we once we got through with it and looked back at it, I was like, oh my god, it's a good thing we're not NFL executives. <laughs> right. We didn't even take this guy in the first round. We've got Okuda sliding into the teens, please. Um, yeah, we're doing twelve or fourteen. I think we had twelve. Yeah. I think it was twelve, but. Uh, it's it's harder than you think. It was a fun exercise, yeah. and we'll take a lot of criticism for it, and anybody that does a mock draft does. Yes. Uh, but yeah, Tristan Wurst, four to the Giants, is probably the high-water mark for him. Two Low. quarterbacks are going to come off first, and then... How far does he slip? Wurst? Arizona seems very... Arizona lucky. or Cleveland? I think Cleveland's the absolute bottom at 10. Arizona yeah. and Cleveland are taking offensive linemen. I think the Giants will as well. 
I'm, I'm convinced the Giants will at four. But this, the, the guy that seems to be out there for them is the um, uh, Andrew Thomas. Mm-hmm. Seems to be a guy from, from Georgia that a lot of folks have up there very early. There, there's more than just him. Uh, Beckton uh, is another one. The Wills from Alabama. Wills from Alabama is another one. That's a good one there, Trent. That's a, he's a guy that's going to be a top ten That pick. Beckton dude is a monster. Oh, he's huge. <laughs> Absolutely huge. I was watching a piece on NFL Network uh, last week, I think it was, about him and just... Just seeing him out there, and, and not just the size. He's 6'7", 270, or 370, excuse me. 370, right. But the dude can move a little bit. Yeah, I mean, no, there, he's there's, a mountain. There's athleticism that goes along with him. I, I like him. I That's that's a piece I, I think maybe has a little bit more upside. But going to be fun to watch Werfs, mm-hmm. Epinesa. What's a high in water the work 20s? Oh, no, maybe not. Maybe in the teens. I mean, the, I've seen a lot of Cowboys with him. Cowboys, Cowboys are 17. Okay. America's team. Uh, perhaps maybe maybe, um, maybe the team that has a couple of picks. The Dolphins have a boatload, three in the first round. At least mm-hmm. for now, they have three in the first round. Raiders have a couple, but yeah, I, th- I think he's probably somewhere fifteen to twenty six, twenty seven, mm-hmm. somewhere in that area. All right, so more on the mock draft at eleven thirty this week, Trent. You know, Monday night, of course, we would have had the, the uh, crown the national championship uh, team. We would have hoped that it would have been a good game. Tuesday, we would have had the uh, the champions dinner. Today is the part three, putting yeah. the tea in the ground for the um, ceremonial tee shot. How many times this week that you're Googling hours? Augusta weather and seeing yes. what it's going to look like? Are there going to be delays? Is the part three going to get in? Right. You see the grandkids out there. They're chipping and putting mm-hmm. with, with grandpa or with dad and... Oh, what a scene that it is. No, it's really fun. No, it's it's really, really good. Jack Nicholas is wasn't it his grandson that hit it had a hole in one yeah, a couple of years yep. back? He was caddying for him. Of course, tonight was supposed to be, at least for me, uh, there's a number of people that um that certainly gravitate to the NHL once the playoffs get here. I, I would was, be getting excited. Yes. Opening night of the Stanley Cup playoffs was supposed to be tonight, but we know that none of those stuff we just talked about are happening this week. So I had a college football theory I wanted to float by you. You and I, we have talked a little bit about the possibility of college football looking much different this year. And the well, theory, Not to Mike Gundy. No, not, not to Mike oh Gundy. That, that's very true. But uh, conference-only games. Uh-huh. Okay, makes conference sense. Conference-only games, right. You, you set the schedule down. You know, they're not able to get started in July like mm-hmm. they normally would, and things get pushed back, and... And maybe late September you get going, but you're only going to play your conference games. Do you nine. force the ACC and SEC to play nine, so everybody's playing nine? Well, and, and that's that's another certainly layer to this. But an ACC almost team, Notre, oh, Dame. Notre Dame. What Whoa. happens with the? Do they do they just have a double round robin with Army, Navy, BYU? Well, they've got and some ACC scheduled on there, but they do. That but would, but yeah, they're considered non-conference for, for the they ACC. Are. Yes. This is Notre Dame. And uh, there was an article that Scott Dockerman retweeted today, or a, a link mm-hmm. of the football programs that made the most money last season. Texas was number one. Football only. Okay. $112 million. Dollars, 112 for Texas, but very high also on that list. No surprise, was Notre Dame. Writing I think they were Irish. fourth. Iowa was 14th on the list, which... Is that right? $44.2 million football only. This is not television contract. Mm-hmm. This is football only revenue that came in. So this has no Big Ten money. This is football only revenues. At least that's the way that I read it. Well, that has to be some Big Ten uh, earmarked to football. Some BTN. I'm not positive. I'm, I'm okay. not. Regardless of that, though. So Scott Dockerman retweeted. I'll read yes, it. I, yeah. I did not see it. But it's it's a big big number and. 
I just that's what kind of led me down the path of what about Notre Dame? If we yeah. go to this, are there any other independents right now? I knew New Mexico um, State was for a few yeah, years. Not that not to move the needle like this, other than right. the, um, you know the uh, Army and then well Navy and uh, BYU, BYU. Yeah, Army's in the AAC, so they're out. Oh yeah, that's right. Um, but there's a couple, but boy, not many. Trent, not many of them. Notre Dame might be in. They would find a way. Now, another thing Notre Dame has had in their calling card, if you will, is they have never played a game against an FCS team. Well, would that have to Notre change? Notre Dame? They've never done that. Oh, here's your other independence Liberty. Okay. Liberty, Liberty, Liberty. New Mexico State. Yep. And UMass. <laughs> we could do so them. So there are five other teams, double round robin with those. I, that's what they would have to do. There's it's, 10 games at least yep. for you, and that's, that's the route. That they would do. Can you imagine Notre Dame going into Liberty? No. Notre Dame making their way to UMass? I can't. That one would probably be moved to Foxborough, I would guess. Yeah, I I just can't. So here's the schedule. Notre Dame, what's their ACC schedule? ACC teams they were going to play. Because don't forget, if indeed the ACC is forced to go to nine, all of those teams that are... You know, right now with eight and do have a Notre Dame on their schedule, like a Wake Forest, mm-hmm. like a, a Pitt, like a Clemson, Notre Dame this year, November 7th. Hello. Uh, Louisville, Georgia Tech. The, US, the USC game is out because the Pac 12 plays mm-hmm. uh, nine games. Stanford is out. Uh, Wisconsin is out. How about Notre Dame's schedule? Navy, Arkansas, Western Michigan. Wake Forest, Wisconsin, Stanford, Pitt, Duke, Clemson, Georgia Tech, Louisville, and USC. I mean, I know that there's a lot of those teams on each and every year, but just to have it in front of you uh, kind of resonates a little bit. The game against the Badgers, is that one Soldier Field? I don't know the answer to that. And the I other one at like Lambeau? I think that it is. I'm not sure. Yeah, I don't have it in front of me where that game is supposed to be played, but... Oh man, Camp Randall. Yeah, uh, you know what? That's not true. I'm, I might be. I don't know the answer. I'll find it here. Notre Dame football schedule twenty. Yes, it, it's it's at Camp Randall. At Camp Randall. Yep. Wow. Yep. So that's not even no, a neutral. I, I'm, I'm wrong for the third time. It's Lambo. It's Lambo. It's Lambo. There. Right. It is. Tickets are the lowest ticket price. I'm looking at it right now. Today. Well. We hope that this uh, comes to fruition. Yes. 444 bucks to get a seat. Get in the door, and I've sat in some of those crappy seats in Lambeau. No, I've never been. You've been how many oh, times? Once. Monday night Worth game. It? Oh, yeah. yeah. It was uh, Monday night. Rodgers got hurt. Oh. And Seneca Wallace came in. Okay. The Bears won and made the uh, the drive home from Green Bay a lot more palpable coming home from that how one. Long, how long a drive? <sighs> seven? It was a bus, so oh, yeah, seven, eight hours. And mm-hmm. got in the bus afterwards and got on the road. Slept. Wake, woke up when you were in Des Moines? Pretty much, yeah. Yeah. It was a long, long night. Wow, Notre Dame at Wisconsin. Third, first Saturday in October. Oh, let's hope that happens. Yeah, it's fun to look at this, but at the same time, it um, can be a little bit sad, too. It is. All right, uh, we got Michelle Book from the uh, Iowa Food Bank coming up. Before we get to that, let's do this. KXNO and iHeartRadio want to help you uh, with your bills. Text the keyword LOVE. To 200, 200. Right now, it's your chance to win $1,000. That's love to 200, 200. You'll get a confirmation text and info. Standard data and message rates apply in this nationwide contest. Uh, Michelle Book from the Food Bank of Iowa joins us when we come back from this uh, timeout. David Kaplan at about 1030, well, just around 1035, 1040-ish. We have to tape Cappy, and we did this morning. This was no different. We taped Cappy uh, at 835. He's on the air doing his ESPN 1000 show. 
had a good conversation. If you're a Bulls fan, lots of Bulls info in there. Of course, baseball and Bears as well. Cappy coming up in about 25 minutes. Miller and Condon till noon. Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KXNO, 106. Ken Miller, Trent Condon. Miller and Condon on 1460 KXNO. And now on 106.3 FM. Welcome back. Very appropriate song. A little Heart of Gold, Trent, in these times. Certainly helps, if you can. Uh, Trent and I take you until noon. David Kaplan coming up here in about 20 minutes. But right now, let's talk to Michelle Book. She is the CEO of the Food Bank of Iowa. Uh, Michelle, Trent Condon, who you met when you were in here recording a commercial just before the building shut down. I believe you were the last visitor, air quote visitor, uh, to make it into the building before we were all quarantined. My name's Ken Miller. It's good to talk to you, Michelle. How are you? Good, good to talk to to you gentlemen today. And boy, what a badge of honor to be the last one in the building. <laughs> I think you were. You yeah. snuck in right under the Ooh. wire before lockdown hit. Well, Michelle, I know you guys are very busy, and you know I've seen some uh, some video on the various uh, news channels that, um, regardless of what city, the cars that are lining up at the respective food banks in their city, uh, everybody's hit hard. Some harder than others, obviously. But we know you guys are feeling the pinch at the food bank of Iowa. What have you seen in the last couple of weeks, Michelle, that, um, that quite honestly, maybe you never thought that you would see in your tenure as the CEO of the Food Bank of Iowa? <laughs> wow. Um, this, uh, the unemployment, uh, 100,000 people filing unemployment claims in the last two weeks of March. I never thought I would see that kind of unemployment in the United States of America, let alone in my home state of Iowa. Um, At the beginning of this year, uh, there were 341,000 Iowans deemed to be in need of food assistance. And when you look at those kind of unemployment claims, you can easily double uh, the need that we're seeing now across our state. You know, Michelle, uh, one of the biggest impacts certainly is of the youth and the children of our community with school being out and Des Moines Public Schools making the announcement that they are done for this school year. There are a lot of people, there are a lot of young people out there right now that are used to getting one, two meals every single day through the school system, and that is off the table. What is the Food Bank of Iowa doing to help combat that and help the children get some meals in their stomachs? Well, I'll say it was even greater than that for these kids that had after-school or before-school care. Many of them were getting two or three full meals Mm. a day at the school, as well as supervision. Uh, They were also getting uh, backpacks, uh, food to take home for the weekend. And in many cases, uh, their school um, had a school pantry uh, where Food Bank of Iowa was delivering food into that school pantry that served the entire family. Almost all of our schools, uh, with the exception of Des Moines Public Schools, um, are keeping their food pantries open. Almost all of our schools have elected to go ahead and deliver backpacks to those kids that were enrolled in the backpack program. So across the 55 counties we serve, we have a lot of schools that are still serving as the, um, as the center, uh, feeding center for their community. And we're seeing food orders from those school pantries double, triple, uh, four, sometimes ten times. 
uh, what they would have ordered pre-COVID-19. Mm. Uh, food Bank of Iowa is, uh, our job is to find as much free and reduced food as possible, uh, make sure it's safe and make sure it gets out to our smaller frontline partner agencies as quickly as possible. And in many cases, that's a, a pantry in a church. It might be um, the homeless shelter downtown, uh, any program where the agency uh intends a 501c3 intends to serve the basic needs of their folks and schools have just become more and more a way of how we get food to folks in our community uh, michelle book the ceo of the food bank of iowa joins uh, miller and condon 1460 kxno 106.3 uh, fm well uh, michelle with the increased demand the uh, the burden that you guys are are now have taken a uh, uh, fallen upon yourselves um you have to i would assume be uh, in need of of more help to be able to pull this off right and volunteers and i know people are skeptical uh to leave their house and to volunteers so two-part question i i'm assuming that you are looking Looking for more volunteers to help you get through this, and how are you able to, you know, provide a uh, for those volunteers a safe environment for everybody? Food Bank of Iowa, we just can't operate without our volunteers, and uh, we're busy right now packing more backpacks uh, to get through the rest of the school year, and we're also packing boxes of food. Uh, we know that our pantry partners are stressed and that our pantry partners are losing some of their volunteers who are um, usually in an older demographic age range and more vulnerable. So we're packing uh, boxes of food here that we can share uh, with our community and with our agency partners, and we're doing that with volunteers. Uh, You can go to our website to sign up to volunteer. That's foodbankiowa.org. You'll see some of the requirements when you go into the website. We ask that you don't come with a fever or a cough and that you've been fever-free for at least three days. Uh, We will take your temperature when you come, and we ask you if you are fever and cough-free. We'll ask you to wash your hands. We'll ask you to glove up, and we'll ask you to wear a face mask. Uh, We have an assembly line set up in our volunteer center. There's red tape on the floor. People are asked to work six feet apart. Um, It is my number one concern after making sure I feed hungry Iowans is to keep our employees and our volunteers safe. Michelle, for those hungry Iowans and people that have never been in this spot before, don't know exactly how the process works out, but they've hit a hard time during COVID-19, what would you tell them? What's the best course of action for them to get some food for them and their families? If you've not signed up for SNAP benefits, sign up for SNAP benefits. Um, And there's a hotline uh, number on our website Um, that you can call to sign up, and we'll help you sign up for SNAP benefits. Um, You may be on the phone for a little while, but make the phone call, wait it out, apply for SNAP benefits. Um, Apply for unemployment if you've not already done that. But in order to get food, um, I just want to say, golly, none of us thought that we'd ever be in this situation. Um, We're all in this together. Mm -hmm. We all need help. Please, please go to your local food pantry or go to a mobile box distribution and get help, if not just for yourself, but for your family. All of our distribution sites are listed on our website. Um, Put in your zip code and you'll find the food pantry or the mobile distribution that's nearest your home. But please reach out 
ask for help. Again, we're all in this together. No doubt. Michelle, uh, we'll just uh, open-ended question for you. Uh, what didn't we ask you that you wanted to uh, share with our audience uh, before we let you go? Just uh, wherever you want to take it, uh, what would you like the, the audience to know? Boy, um, the first week I asked for volunteers and volunteers showed up. The next week I asked for money and money showed up. This week we asked for food masks, for face masks, and face masks are showing up. And I just want to say thank you. This is an extraordinary community. Just across the Des Moines metro area, the food bank network of food pantries is about 40. 40 food pantries, um, food bank of Iowa network in Des Moines, all working together. Several local churches have stepped up to assist that existing network. I just couldn't be more proud of this community. Um, Des Moines Metro, state of Iowa, when things get tough, Iowans stand together. And I just really appreciate everyone standing by our side at Food Bank of Iowa during this very critical, crazy time. Foodbankofiowa.org, foodbankiowa, foodbankiowa.org. Uh, Michelle, thank you. If there's, uh, if there's a need to get back with Trent and I, uh, Dylan does a terrific job coordinating all this. He's one of your guys, as you know. Uh, have Dylan reach out to me and we'll do this as often as, uh, as necessary before we get to the end of this. Michelle Book, thank you for the work that you and your team are doing, and we appreciate you sharing that with our audience today. I appreciate it, Ken and Trent. Be well. Yes, you do the same. Thanks. Uh, Michelle Book from the Food Bank of Iowa, the CEO of Food Bank of Iowa. Trent, it's unbelievable. I mean, I just sit here. Um, It's really emotional what this city is going through, right? At least that's how I feel. No, No doubt. And, you know, the impact, and you think about the communities across the state and, of course, across the country, but... It impacts you at home, mm-hmm. and I think that's where, you know, the area that really gets people to dig in, to think a little bit deeper, and thinking about the volunteers needed to pull these things off, and the people that have hit these hard times, it's just mm. unmanageable, and I look at home, and yeah, we got groceries. Yeah. Yeah, are, are times a little leaner? Yeah, they right. are, yeah. but we have groceries. We have savings. We're mm-hmm. okay. We're going to get through this, but there's a lot in our community oh. that don't have that, and for the people out there... Lend your support, whatever it is, financially. Yep. If you have the time, yeah. You know, the face masks that are there and being able to do that, and you're healthy and you're young and you're able to do that right now. Certainly reach out. Because she makes a great point, Trent. I mean, the the, the volunteers, I'm assuming, and I've never been there, Mm -hmm. but if you were to look around on a normal day, the volunteers, my wife volunteers, she's 62. This is who volunteers for the most part. Mm -hmm. People that, you know, have retired from whatever that they've done for um, the majority of their lives and and have some time. But But us people now... It's tough to get us out of the house. Look, what she said there at the very end. First week, she asked for volunteers. She got volunteers. Second yeah. week, they needed mon- money, and the money poured in. Masks, and the masks are pouring in. If you can, there's so many of these great causes, so many. We had Life Support of Iowa on last week. Mm-hmm. The Need for Blood, we'll do that again. If there's something Trent and I are missing, yes, reach please out. reach out. Yep. KenMillerShow at gmail.com. KenMillerShow at gmail.com. Uh, we want to do as much of this as we can. It's amazing what this community is. It really and truly is. It's just, this has really driven it home to me, just how mm-hmm. special, you know, Central Iowa is. And uh, we really do come together. It's not cliche. It really, I can really feel that and see that. We saw this firsthand right here in this building a couple months ago. Yeah. And community yes. and the importance of it. This is a different place. Yeah. You know, and I've, I've talked to people that have lived to different areas. Some of my friends that have moved back to Iowa and certainly Des Moines. 
from different areas of the country. And that's one thing that they always said, yeah, it's nice to be closer to family and those type of things. But there is something special about this community. It is different. Oh. Now we're media market number 70, whatever. 71, I think, yeah. whatever we are. Who whatever cares? we <laughs> are, but it's a different place. to. It's a great place yeah. to live. I, I can't envision myself ever leaving. I'm uh-huh. sure... Ken, you probably had opportunities to leave. But Trent, I could have left. And I could live wherever I want. I have no ties here. Right. But the this importance. This is it. It's, I love it here. It's a great place. Yes. Yes, absolutely. All right. Uh, Cappy's, uh, I don't know how we segue to Cappy, but we're going to. David Kaplan will join the program next. Uh, Governor Kim Reynolds' uh, press conference, we air those every day, carry 25 minutes of that um, till about 11.25. We will hear from the governor of the state of Iowa. Uh, she's uh, prompt. She's right at 11 o'clock, so we want to make sure that we hit our uh, hit 11 o'clock right on the button. We will hear from David Kaplan next. Miller and Condon take you until noon. Draft conversation about an hour from now. Uh, it's Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KXNO and 106 Spirits Competition. Welcome back. Miller and Connick continues 1460 KXNO and now 106.3 FM as we take you up until noon each and every weekday. On Wednesdays, we talk with David Kaplan, NBC Sports Chicago and ESPN 1000. And today is no different as he joins us from Chi-Town. Cappy, a wild world that we live in. Plenty of things still to talk about, though, in the world of sports. How are things for you? Uh, God bless everybody in my uh, orbit here, my universe is happy healthy and safe um you know it is the new normal we do what we've got to do and that's it we just keep grinding and try and rein in our spending and hopefully you know get us through some dark times but it is what it is yeah no doubt well cappy of course at the forefront in chicago and really the sports world is the nfl draft as we prepare there's plenty of things out there with the nba with uh what we're gonna see in college sports and the like but NFL, for the time being, it is business as usual. We get the draft now just over two weeks away, and the Bears, without a first-round draft pick, I asked you a week ago if the Bears, if you anticipated that they were going to move up into the draft, into the first round, if Pace would do anything to do that. That isn't the case. But with the two picks in the second round, do you expect maneuvering? Because that is something We've seen Ryan Pace. When he finds a guy, targets a guy, even if it's moving up a couple of spots, do you expect a lot of action again for the Bears this draft? Um, I do. I think they're you know grinding away as best they can like everybody else. Um, I do think that they'll do something, but it could be a trade down. You know, this is the Wild West. I was reading the quotes from the general manager of the Pittsburgh Steelers who, before they put a gag order on everybody, he wants an extra three rounds added to the draft because he said, we're going to be throwing darts at a board. We have done no interviews with guys other than on Zoom. He said, we can't have guys come in our facility and work out. He said, you're telling me we're supposed to know who we're picking. He said, it's just it's crazy. So he wants three more rounds added. I don't think he's going to get his way. I think there's some other GMs that agree with him, and that way he said, okay, so in rounds 
five, six, and seven when you take shots at small school guys. A lot of the GMs that I've read about, one that I've talked to, believe there's a real chance that you will have GMs sitting in their house. They cannot have their staff with them. The virtual draft, obviously they'll have their phones going and their Zoom and all of that, and they'll go, all right, I really like this Trent Condon from Ashland College Division Two. We haven't been able to bring him in. We haven't been able to get you know, our doctors to look at him. He had a knee injury, but he's really talented. That Ken Miller, kind of underachieved, but he played at Ohio State. Ah, screw it. Take the Ohio State kid. We at least know he played at a high level. And so there may be amazing prospects that didn't get worked out. Someone used the, re- the uh, referring to Jerry Rice. Had this come along, you know, back then, Jerry Rice, out of Mississippi Valley, if you didn't get to bring him in like Bill Walsh did, watch him run routes and watch him and go, oh, God, that's the best athlete I've ever seen. we got to take that guy. Who knows where he would have slipped to in a draft? So this is the Wild West, and so we'll see. You better believe in your scouts, and your scouts better be really good at evaluating talent. And then you're going to have to go off the tape, guys, and you go off the tape, you can make mistakes because you don't know what type of person you're getting. Hmm. David Kaplan is our guest. Cappy, have you heard anything? Uh, I know that they, they're, they're bound and determined to start uh, the NFL on time, whether there's fans in the stands at Soldier Field or not, or any of the 32 uh, stadiums around the league. But what about preseason, Cap? Would preseason games go on? How will they handle that? Has there been any speculation? Because that's one thing I haven't heard. Uh, we have not heard a thing about what's going to happen with preseason games. Matt Nagy has said we're, our guys are going to play. Unlike last year, we haven't had OTAs. Not probably going to have any mini camps. We don't know what training camp's going to look like. So our guys are going to play. Now, what that means and what, you know, that is Mitchell Trubisky and Nick Foles going to get five snaps. They're going to play a half a game, a full game, and then go, all right, he gets the next. I don't know how they're going to do this, but, you know, you're going to have to have some way to evaluate your team or you are rolling the dice with your career. You sit in the second round with two picks, as we talked about David Kaplan joining us. And, and Cap, say one of the quarterbacks, that's that next tier really falls. Say a, a love of Utah State, somebody like that, that some people have projected as a first round or other believe that he isn't. Would you anticipate if one of the guys that Nagy likes on that draft board sits there a quarterback in the second round that they would nab a prospect like that? No. I'd be shocked. Unless the only way would be, oh my God, that's a generational talent, and for whatever reason, he slid and he's sitting there like Green Bay loved Aaron Rodgers, so they took him in the 20s. He was still sitting on the draft board, and he was a generational talent, and he'll go to the Hall of Fame first ballot and all of that. So if there's that rare guy, like when Matt Nagy wrote the reports on the quarterback 17, he wasn't working for the Bears, unfortunately. He was working for the Chiefs, and he wrote Mitchell Trubisky, amazing kid, big arm, can make all the throws, unbelievably raw, the ultimate project, and good leader. Well, I think he's hit on everything. He's got a big arm. He's got a great work ethic. He's a great kid. He's an unbelievable leader, and he's the rawest player he's seen. The ultimate project. He wrote about Deshaun Watson, winner, leader, great kid, can make the throws, very concerned about his injury history. He already had had one ACL. Now he's had another ACL, and he said 
skinny skinny wrists, skinny ankles, that would concern me. Patrick Mahomes, do not miss generational talent. Raw needs to learn the pro system and the pro game. Amazing talent. We have to get this guy. So if you tell me he's done all the homework on all the quarterbacks and they're sitting there with picks 43 and 50 and at pick 24, oh, my God, that guy's still on the board? Give both our second-round picks. We have to get him. Mm. And he turns out to be, you know, Joe Montana. God bless him, but they better know what they're doing. <laughs> Indeed, Dave and Kaplan, our guest in Cherry Stone of Iowa, uh, makes it possible. Kaplan, we'll get to the Bulls in the front office and the speculation. Uh, there's going to be some change there, some significant change, perhaps that in a moment. But, you know, I don't know about you, but uh, Trent and I discussed this yesterday when we saw the news that Major League Baseball uh, had a plan, a potential plan to start the season, uh, get a little bit more spring training in, and then go full bore into the season, but do so in the Phoenix area with Chase Field, the 10 or 11 spring training sites uh, that are in the area, Arizona State's uh, baseball stadium as well would be potentially would be used. We got really excited because we saw maybe some movement on the sports front. But logistically, the more you think about it, Cap, the more difficult it's going to be. Where are you on MLB in Arizona? Um, look, I want baseball back as much as anybody. I want real sporting events back as much as anybody. I just don't know how you pull this off logistically. I love, love that they put this, you know, plan in motion, so to speak, in the offices, and they're thinking about it. It's really cool. But in the end, I just don't know how, first of all, you're going to get buy-in from all these guys to be quarantined for four and a half months. I had Tim Anderson on my show yesterday, and I asked him, and he said, I've already talked to my wife. We're absolutely in if I have to be quarantined. This is how I make a living. This is how I want to support my family. And, yeah, it would stink to have to be gone, not to be able to be around them for four and a half months to do it all through FaceTime and social distancing. But he said, I get paid a lot of money, guys, and I, this is how we're going to live the rest of our life, on that money. He said, it's not like I've got another career lined up. I'm a baseball player. So he said, if that's what they tell me I have to do, I am willing to do it. But Chris Sale was on SportsCenter last night and said, I'm not going to do that. I don't want to be away from my family for four and a half months. So, you know, some guys have made a lot of money. Some guys haven't. And some guys are going to need to make money, and so they're going to go to lengths other guys aren't willing to go to. So that's, uh, it's going to be interesting to see where this whole thing leads. I just don't know how you can protect. If you say, okay, we're quarantining 750 baseball players. Okay, now, are you quarantining the bus drivers that have to drive them? And let's say that they don't have to. Let's say the Cubs are staying at the Sheraton on the grounds of Sloan Park. Okay, so they can walk over to their stadium. What about the food service people that provide their meals? So they come down, I stay in that hotel, and in the lobby there's a breakfast buffet every morning. It's great. They've got all sorts of stuff. Who cooked that food? Did that person get tested for corona? Is that person being quarantined? for four and a half months while they're playing games? Or are they going home, and then the people they're interacting with, who, what happened to them? So there's some real questions here of how this would all work out. I just don't see how it's feasible. I just don't. And then what about the cameraman? Are you going, you're putting these games on TV, obviously, because you want to make money off of TV. So the, the cameramen are working, what, 18-hour days? Okay, fine. They need the income. I get it. Are they being quarantined, or are they going home? So... 
I just don't know how logistically you can pull this off. Yeah, it, it seems just incredibly unlikely. I, I think we will see baseball back in some fashion, more than likely without fans in the stands, at least initially. Uh, Ken, he's been in front of this one. He, he's been talking for weeks now about a 4th of July start right around that area. I think that seems at least the most plausible at this point. If I put the over-under at the 4th of July, the start of the Major League Baseball season, would you take the over or the under on that one, Cap? Uh, I'm with Ken. I've been saying the same thing, that it's going to be the 4th of July is when this is going to go down. That's what I think. So I'll co-sign with Kenny. If I had to make a wager like you're asking, I would go under, but just slightly. Yeah, I think that makes sense, Cap. Independence Day, just for all its for all the right reasons. Look, if, I, I hope to be wrong. I hope it's being played earlier, uh, but that date seems to be make some sense. Cap, I want to get to the Bulls with you before we run out of time. I know if you sh- we, that you have a show to do. Give us the latest on the perhaps changes uh, in the front office for the Bulls. A lot of folks that follow the Bulls think this is way overdue. What does it mean, Cap, and what, have you, what do you know? What's the latest? Okay, first of all, if you'll remember back in November, we were doing this show. We've been doing it a long time. Yes, One we have. Another. And I told you guys, in November, there will be massive, that was the word I used, massive change coming to the Chicago Bulls. It is a hundred percent. And then I pick up the Sun Times. Bulls are still wedded to guard packs. Bulls are still <laughs> all in on Jim Boylan. I'm like, that is complete and total bull. You know what? And then I read other articles. Same deal. Well, the, you know, people think they'll be changed, but there's a good chance these guys are still back. This was done in November. A hundred percent, they were moving on from guard packs because it was at the behest of John Paxson. It was it's. It's like being hmm. in Vegas and holding a royal flush in a hold'em game, knowing I got the nuts. They can't be. This was done because John Paxson went to Michael Reinsdorf. He said, "Michael, I love being here. I'm going to die a bull. I only want this organization to win. That's all I care about. You guys have been amazing to me. We need to change the front office." And he laid out his plan, his vision of what they should do. And they went to Jerry, and Jerry said to, to John, as long as you're in the organization, I'm cool with whatever you want to do. And so John went out. He canvassed a lot of the top agents, executives, coaches. Who are the best guys? Put a list together. The guy they wanted was Sam Presti of the Oklahoma City Thunder. Sam Presti was actually going to listen. And then Corona hit, and to get a guy to move during this, to overhaul your basketball operation. Oh, and by the way, you're going to have to give him, he's got eight years left on his contract. So you're going to have Yeesh. to give him like a 10-year deal <laughs> at like $100 million with no income coming in. Just is not going to happen because this is going to be multiple hires. So he would just be the first domino. So they revised their list. And they looked at this Justin Zanuck who has an agent background and has done really good work and he's a cap expert in Utah. Very good guy. The guy they really have zoomed in on, and I've reported that I believe he's going to be the guy, Vince Goodwill has said the same thing from Yahoo, is Arturis Karnasovas from the Denver Nuggets. He hit, he was a FIBA player of the year in Europe. He is a really good dude. He is very well connected in Europe, where a lot of top players are coming from. And he is going to come in. And John, I know this for a fact, John Paxson, again this week, told Jerry and Michael Reinsdorf, if the new guy doesn't want me anywhere around the organization, 
because it's just too much water under the bridge, I will quit. I will walk away. I want the best for the Bulls. And Jerry and Michael again told him, look, if he doesn't want you involved in basketball operations, okay, but we want you to work for us then. Just be our our consultant, our consigliere, our guy. And John made it clear, I will have zero say. If that guy wants me to be a scout, I'll go scout. If that guy doesn't want me around at all, I'm willing to leave the organization, whatever he wants. So I believe that in the next four to seven days, Arturis Karnasovas is the guy. He's going to go out and hire a new director of scouting, a new, whether they call him GM or a VP underneath him, and then they're going to overhaul the scouting department, and they're going to get rid of a lot of the old-time scouts and bring in brand-new scouts. Like, this is massive, massive change. They've never gone out since the Source bought the team, 1984. They have never, ever gone outside the organization for their front office hire. They brought Jerry Krause in, who had worked for the Bulls, was currently at the White Sox that Jerry owned, and brought him back into the Bulls. He left, and they gave it to Pat. And then Gar Foreman was in-house, and they promoted him. So they've never done this. So the level they're going to and the amount of money they're going to spend with zero revenue coming in is unprecedented. Now, they are bringing in someone who hasn't won a title. Like when Theo came and they laid his rings on the table, right, two rings right there. Everyone got behind it. Everyone in Chicago is like, Arturis, who? Now, he's not John and he's not Gar, so they're buying in. But they would say the same thing if they announced that Ken Miller was the new Jim. Oh, he's not Gar Pack. So <laughs> that's where this whole thing is at. But what if I told you they made a slam dunk hire for coach? Because there's zero chance Jim Boylan's coming back. In fact, my ex-wife has a better chance of coaching the team. <laughs> so I'm just telling you there's a lot going on here. I'm saying they should bring Tom Thibodeau back. That's how what I mm. would do. We'll see. David Kaplan joining us here as he does each and every Wednesday. Cap, have a great show. We will talk to you in a week. All I want you guys to do is stay safe and stay healthy and same for your awesome listeners. Thank you so Count much. Count it on it, my friend. Thank you, buddy. David Kaplan joining us as he does each and every Wednesday, presented by Centurion Stone of Iowa. Big thank you to everybody out there at Centurion Stone. You can go online, centurionstoneofiowa.com. Find out what they can do for your home, inside, outside. They have it all with beautiful veneer. It is Century Stone of Iowa. All right, so, ah, oh boy. You know, as I continue to look at this and – John Paxson's still going to have a role inside of the team. Ken, it's it just... Maybe. Maybe, depending on what, what the new head executive wants here. Right. But I, I understand relationships and how deep they go here, but the relationship that he has and, and Garf Foreman has, this has been an organization that, outside of a, a blip there with Derrick Rose, has been a bad organization for two decades. Yet these guys are still up there running the ship. It, it's crazy. Yeah, there's certainly a, a strange sense of loyalty there, Trent. Uh, you don't see that very often in sports, uh, Captain Obvious. Uh, but yeah, I mean, it remains to be seen if, if Cappy, if Cappy's right and he's been on, he has, as I think back to November, he did say he speculate that this was going to happen. If indeed that, you know, that, uh, that Paxson's willing to walk away, if that's what the new guy wants or he wants me to be involved, I'll be involved. It sounds, it, it legitimately sounds to me that he wants to do what's best for the organization. But I think Bulls fans, Trent, um, you know, that proverbial light at the end of the tunnel that everybody keeps talking about, 
maybe the light at the end of the tunnel for Bulls fans is on the horizon. Oh, it, it certainly feels that way. We're going to take a timeout. When we come back, we will kick off our number two with the press conference with Governor Reynolds. We will hear from her as we will uh, with the news conferences now moved up to 11 a.m. here throughout the week. Then after that, time to get into the NFL draft. Matt Montessarian is going to be joining us. We'll talk, take a deep look at the upcoming NFL draft. 15 days away. That's coming your way in hour number two. It's Miller and Condon on 1460 KXNO and now 106.1.